on 1116 SEN, The Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to The Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, fine Wednesday uh, evening. Vinny Venezuela. Good evening, uh, Rodrigo. And I'm dedicating the show, or my, my part in the show, to Bessart Barisha, my oh, man. Good. So we'll <laughs> talk about that in a minute. Uh, Warren Diego. Welcome to you. Yeah, thanks, Rodrigo. There'll be, need to be some apologies made on the show this evening after oh, will there? a few things said from last week but on the show by certain people. Interesting. Well, it's a good time to introduce Carlos Alberto Diego. How are you, Carlos? Always had a good time. Because he was looking right at you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, he, you were next he's, in line he's anyway. Tried to, uh, can, look, Pedro on the panel, pull the audio <laughs> from last week because <laughs> he's going to try and find where I said the Barisha should be dropped. I have no, been no, no. advocating for Barisha. No, no, see, it's more I, subtle than that. I have been advocating anyway. for Barisha. Well, everyone's no, asking no, no, for his head haven't. on the plate. I've been advocating no, for No, no, when the callers came through last week seeking his head, you didn't knock them down. You didn't criticise the callers. Pedro on the panel, pull the audio, please. As it turns out, it might not have been a good time to introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, thanks to... Uh, hey, Shebeki, good to hear Tony Shebeki um, on Before the Diego's, and of course, Troy Zantuck and Stephen Milne, always entertaining listening to the boys. Uh, big show tonight with thanks to our wonderful uh, partners, Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Hey, we've got a big show tonight. Uh, Jason Davidson, mm. uh, live from Holland, is uh, coming up very, very soon. Uh, we'll also catch up with Mike McGrath in the UK and all the talk, of course, because the Q&A is happening as well. Send us a text message if you want to communicate with us because uh, this is about two-way communication here on the Diego's. <laughs> It's not about, oh, sometimes it's about well, it, one-way yeah. communication. Monologues for me, <laughs> oh, yes. but interaction with everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> 0-4-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-
All right. Is South Melbourne Heidelberg, South Melbourne Fitzroy Alexander? <laughs> it's going Fitzroy make... United Alexander? Yep. Uh, more meaningful than the I'll City versus again, Victory game. The City Victory okay. derby is the most significant yeah, derby a, played in this town. You are a franchise <laughs> man. That's what you are. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Let's talk about this week's derby. Uh, both teams, hey, we said we put it on Victory to win the game against uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. They did so. Mm. Sets it up for a, a wonderful derby, Warren. I think it's the biggest legitimately the biggest derby game that we've ever had. I mean, there's been others that have been hyped around, you know, first games and, you know, that sort of stuff. But in terms of where both teams sit, in terms of victory needing to draw a line in the sand in terms of their recent performances against Melbourne City, in terms of Melbourne City's opportunity to actually close the gap a little bit on Sydney with them having a difficult trip away to Perth, I think the significance of the game, it's the most significant game. And I think, I don't, I don't think it's going to be more physical than other games. I don't think it's going to be... Oh, are you kidding me? It's going to be a typical Kilkenny's derby game. Kenny's already talking about the fact they've got to win the battle before they win anything else. It's going to be the most physical. It's going to be bloodletting on <laughs> blood Sunday night. Oh, yeah, bloodletting. Bloodletting. Is that what you, you're condoning, yeah. are you? Yeah. No, no, I'm not condoning. It's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll tell you one thing I know. Lawrence yeah. Thomas is staying on the line. <laughs> <laughs> He's staying on that line. <laughs> well, stop being... Dip, uh, enough of this diplomacy Well, we know who's going to win the who's physical go- battle. No, who's going to win the game, Warren? You City, won't bully us. City will win because they've got better quality across the whole of the field. They're, really? they're a better team than victory. Really? City will... Look, I think it'll, it'll be a, a huge game. I think um, for Kevin Musket, this one means more means a lot. The most. Given, given the way we, they, they lost... Uh, at the start of the year, so it's going to be a, a a difficult game for for victory, but they're going to want it. They're going to work hard. It's going to be a hard game. I can't predict the winner because I think it'll be close. If both teams at their best, uh, City will win, but that's not necessarily going to be the case. Given that City, uh, I think they had five shots at goal on the weekend, sixteen uh, shots by Sydney. Uh, City don't always convert. Their dominance in possession and the way they go about it in their forward half into shots on goal. Whereas if Rojas plays, mm. and I know he's touch and go, Rojas, yeah. Barisha's now he's, he's back, he's back and mojo. after being written off by yourself and other uh, victory fans. Yeah, that's, just, that's just a Donald Trump lie. That's a blatant, <laughs> uh, in your right. face yeah. lie. Is it post fact? I tell yeah, you, yeah. you know I tell what you. I'm doing like Donald Trump? I'm making the Diego's great again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big job. I tell you who's clawing his way back uh, in a good way, Jason Guerrier. I thought he had a great game last week. Yeah. Yes, but he'll have nightmares. Yeah. Brandan. Ah, uh, Brandan's. <laughs> he's already fallen somewhere. He's sort of curled up in his, around his uh, lounge room uh, furniture. Yeah, victory have got to bring their absolute best. Yeah. But if they do, there's a chance. But Can't if wait. City are playing at their best... I don't. I can't see victory winning, but it's look. It's what happens on the pitch. Ninety minutes. Uh, who wins the battle? Uh, will someone step over the line and get sent off? I mean, that those sort of things will determine this game, and uh, it also depends on the likes of Ben Kalfalar. If he mm. plays, uh, if he has a blinder, that's an extra string to victory's bow, which we're not really accounting for at the moment. We, we're talking about Rojas. We're talking about Barisha. Troisi, maybe. They're the, they're the sort of decide. They're the difference players for victory, but they have to play out of their skin, mm. I think, to be able to get the points this weekend. Interesting. Just off the text message here, this week's derby is huge, massive victory fan. 
The game is the biggest game of the year from Panna. South Melbourne versus Fitzroy Heidelberg used to get 15,000 when the NSL average was uh, 3,000. Biggest derby in Australia by far. No theatre goers, all genuine fans who bled. Absolutely. There you go. That was your point, Carlos. Send us a text message on 0433981116. So who wins this derby? We might come back to it a little bit later on. But uh, Vinny? I'm going to say victory, but uh, I can't guarantee it. <laughs> I think Sid, I, Look, pound for pound, they both play their best. City are a better team. Simple. They'll win. City's shown this year that they'll, they'll come, and, they'll come and, and play. They they come and play every game. If they do that and then add that little bit of quality, I think City will win, but not discounting victory at all. Uh, if City aren't at their best, uh, victory are a big chance. Can't wait for it. I think it'll be a two-all draw. Oh, that would uh, be right. <laughs> Two, two alls, right. pretty good though. Barisha yeah. will break the record uh, this weekend. Archie Thompson's record, he'll score twice. Um, I think Archie will, he'll probably be doing the sideline. He'll have conniption. Like, <laughs> no, he wants he, it he won't be able to, Archie will have to stop talking about himself and that's going to be a challenge for him. So I, I hope he doesn't break it this game. Let's take a break now, and um, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about more about the derby a little bit later on. But when we come back, we're talking to Jason Davidson. This is the Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of football. White Hart Lane is a great place. The only thing wrong is that the seats face the pitch. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Four Diego's with thanks to Tax Talk, best on plumbing in the Northern Football Academy. Just off the text message, Carlos put to uh, yeah. our uh, listeners, what is the more meaningful derby? Some of the derbies of old in the NSL, yeah. specifically... South Melbourne versus Fitzroy United Alexander or Heidelberg United. Yeah, and Peter in Cheltenham, um, Melbourne victory versus Melbourne City, more meaningful than South Melbourne Hellas versus Fitzroy United Alexander. Turn it up. You are joking, Peter in Cheltenham. So I'm not quite sure, Peter, because <laughs> your grammar doesn't really... We're trying to work out whether you're saying that the current derby... That's right. ...or the modern derby is more important than the South Melbourne derby or... The other way around. So if you can just clarify that, because uh, there was one text prior to that uh, that Rodrigo read that is sort of uh, intimating what I'm saying, that uh, as much as it was smaller in those days, what it meant to people, you know, uh, you know what, what they came to the game looking for and what they went home with and what they lived with every day was that derby. I'm not sure whether we still we're at this point of our evolution of the game. We're getting that with the city victory derbies yet. Oh. Well, arguably, you could say that a Melbourne Knights South Melbourne yeah. derby. Meant- Absolutely, yeah. That, that's what I'm getting at. Numbers do not equate. TV numbers, oh, attendances right. do, don't equate. You're just you were just whinging there and just. Yeah, there's so much that I want to say yeah, about well, say some it. of the say stuff. It. That, say I mean, it. Go so, ahead and say it. Because so a game, what, a you game say, what you say off air... A game isn't meaningful if you're a so-called theatre-goer. So you have to be entrenched. How do you become a fan unless you go to the game for the first time as a theatre-goer to actually experience the thing? And then you go, oh, I really like this. At what I'll point? start barracking for a team. So on Saturday night, to make the game meaningful, <laughs> according to Carlos... You've got to be invested in one of the two teams. If you're going, Rodrigo, and you're a theatre-goer, you're going for the first time, you should pay a premium at the gate. You shouldn't be allowed in Vinny. because you're not invested Vinny, in the I, game. Can I just turn to you? I little rant. I mean, this, what this, an absolute has joke. Has this guy understood at all anything I'm saying on this show? No, he's, he's taken a, a, a slight liberty with you. Although, <laughs> I, will, I will say this, uh, 
if you take a flare, are you too entrenched? <laughs> <laughs> are you too oh, entrenched? no, no. According to Carlos, that's okay <laughs> because you're entrenched. In any of the dialogue I had at monologue I had at the start of the show, <laughs> at any stage that I criticise the theatre goers. Yeah, I never did. No, I no, just you said you are criticising the no, theatre goers because I'm you're not. saying the previous I'm derbies not. are more meaningful. No, because there were his, there was history there. His, there history. was long-standing. Well, but, but Carlos, in substance. fairness. There's a there's a there's a cultural history that precedes the game itself in those instances because you know these people are carrying I don't know whatever they're carrying to 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 make the the, the derbies more passionate whereas with the A League being relatively young you're not going to get that sort of meaning Absol- yet absolutely but we're building meaning uh, Carlos. of course I and think I'm that's not, what you're saying at no stage I think that's what you're saying <laughs> I think I did say at this point of our evolution of the game because Warren doesn't know that no, he's it, saying he's that. just illiterate we oh. just he doesn't understand <laughs> the thing that I'm saying right no uh, because it's garbled rubbish anyway um, it's twenty three past eleven. <laughs> Yes, as advertised, it's uh, my great pleasure, it's our great pleasure to go all the way to Holland and catch up with a very good friend of the Diego's, Jason Davidson. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Hi guys, thanks for having me. There's Jason, it's uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez here, Vinny Venezuela's here as well, uh, Warren Diego and Carlos Alberto Diego. G'day Jason, uh, Vinny, I've got the first Hello. question. We've been talking about derbies in Melbourne, now your dad played for South Melbourne, did he ever say that South Melbourne derby yeah. was... Was the one, son? Yeah, I remember him talking about uh, that one with uh, Melbourne, uh, South Melbourne against the uh, Melbourne Knights and the derbies that he had there. Um, and yeah, for me as well, I think, you know, derbies, do, that's what every player wants to play in. And uh, he used to talk about, I think he missed a, missed a penalty in one of the derbies. <laughs> from what I remember growing up, he was telling me about... <laughs> Actually, that might be actually good to get someone like uh, Alan Davidson or someone like that who played in those derbies mm. to actually talk about how meaningful they were. But, but Jason, uh, welcome to the show, as I said. How's it going in Holland for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. Um, I've, I've come over here just for, for a season loan. Um, started off really well. Um, unfortunately, got injured um, about a month and a half ago. Um, and then I um, played against RZ and re re-injured myself during that game and it's just been a bit frustrating the last month um, just trying to break into the team team doing really well at the moment winning games so just trying to work hard to get my fitness back to, to full capacity and then hopefully you know we have a winter break next week um, so have two weeks off to, to rest the body and recover and hopefully um, come back into the second half of the season and start playing again and playing well. Jason, uh, Warren Diego here. I'm reasonably culturally ignorant when it comes to, to football. In fact I don't watch much football outside of England at any division. I'm wondering if you can tell me the difference in terms of football reflecting a culture of a country or the way they play. What's the difference between, say, playing in the championship in England and playing in the Dutch competition in terms of style, in terms of intensity, in terms of what you get as a player? And I suppose, do you find one suits you better than the other? Yeah, for me, um, I've, obviously I played um, in the Eredivisie before and before I went to England and um, moving over to England, um, definitely in the Championship more so than the Prem. It's a it's a tough league. Um, it's just it's always always physical and having so many games in the season. You know, you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for most of the season. You know, it takes a toll on your body and um, it's definitely 
more physical than Holland. Um, I think in Holland the, the tempo of the game is a lot slower, um, a more more tactical, technical league uh, where the champion, championship is you know 100 miles an hour and um, any team can beat anyone. Um, so I think for me the, the biggest difference between the championship um, and uh, Holland is just that the, the the, the physicality of the league and how how much it takes a, a toll on your on your body and for me someone asked me that the other day and the best example I can give is you know after uh, a game in in Holland my my body feels okay after the game I'm obviously a little bit tired but in England after a championship game I used to have to go home straight into ice bath and you know it took one or two days to fully recover um, and I think yeah that's that's the biggest difference for me um, is the physicality. Jason, Vinny again, uh, given that uh, you're there for, for one year, does your mindset change significantly? And do you go into that dressing room saying, I don't want to get to know you guys that well because I'm going back at the end of the year? <laughs> nah, for me, it was it was coming over back to Holland to to play and to, to um, find regular football. You know, last year I played a good 30 games in the championship um, but uh, you know, I had a bit of differences with the coach, and uh, I wasn't—I was told I wasn't going to get much game time. And for me, Confederations Cup was coming around next year, so I wanted to get back into the the soccer's um, setup. And for me, game time was the most important thing. So, um, obviously, playing in Holland before, I um, had a bit of a name here, and um, I had the opportunity to come here. And you know, the team's been great, and. Because I'm here for the whole season, I've got an option to to stay after the season. So it's been good. All the boys have been good to me, and for me, I've been welcomed with open arms, and uh, I feel very comfortable here. So, uh, like you said, it's it's easy to it's easy when everybody's nice, and for me, it's just been an easy transition to come back into Holland. So does that mean your Dutch is pretty good? <laughs> I can understand a lot of things. Most of most of it, um. Fortunately, here yeah, a lot of foreigners. We've got a lot of foreigners in the squad, so all the meetings are done in English and Dutch. Um, so speaking-wise, I don't really speak much Dutch because I don't really have to. Um, and understanding, because I was at um, at Heracles before, I do understand a bit. Um, but speaking-wise, I don't speak anything. <laughs> here in the Four Diego's, we're speaking with uh, FC Groningen star. Uh, Jason Davidson. Uh, Jason, it's uh, Carlos, mate. Uh, I was lucky enough a few years ago, as you know, to to uh, come and watch you play uh, for Heracles versus Ajax at uh, your quaint little home ground at the time. And uh, what really sort of struck me in that performance there, and also I was sort of there the week before watching you train at different times, how comfortable you looked in that style of football and the way they played their football in Holland. Is there a, uh, a temptation for you to stay in Holland because it suits your football and your player development uh, rather than g- go back and maybe have a crack at Huddersfield. And they, they're knocking on the door of EPL promotion too. So th- I know there's a, that temptation too. But for your own development and also uh, maybe the, the regular game time because it suits your style of play, are you tempted to stay there? Um, yeah, there's a lot of factors in that goes into the, making that final decision. Obviously, I've still got another year after this season at Huddersfield. Um, and, you know, Holland's, I think, one of the, the leagues um, in the world that's going to suit my style, um, and especially at Groningen. They love um, attacking fullbacks. They like to get up and down um, both flanks, and it's, it suits my style down to the sea. Um, but unfortunately, in Holland, the, the financial side of the game isn't let's say the same as uh, as Germany or in England, so I have to look at both both sides of the coin because you know having a, a young family, I need to make sure that I 
you know, financially stable as well. So I have to see maybe if it's a situation where I have to um, come out on loan again for the final season or, like you said, Huddersfield's having a fantastic season, so that temptation of if uh, they go up to the Premier League again to, to go back into a Premier League side um, is also, you know, something to, to think about. So for me, the most important thing at the, at the moment is to to have a good uh, break on the winter break and have a good second half of the season. And, you know, in football, anything can happen and anything's possible. So you never know where you're going to end up. And um, for me, just want to have a good second half of the season and we see, we see where we go from there. Jason, we know that uh, Ange Postacoglu likes his players playing regularly. Has, uh, given that you've been a little bit injured um, and dropped a little bit off the radar, has this, have they stayed in contact with you or do you touch base relatively regularly with with people in the soccer setup? Yeah, I've spoken to a few of the, the people um, in the setup. Uh, I got a text here and there in the last couple of months. Um, when I was playing, just before I got injured, I got a, a few texts just saying that they'd been watching me and, you know, I was, I was doing well. Um, and then obviously with the injury now, um, haven't played for a bit. Um, I haven't really spoken to them, but we have an app um, with all the boys that have to fill in the app just to, to how they monitor us and how, how we're progressing so they know what we're doing at training every day. So we'll just fill that out and they can see. And um, we'll get an email here and there just to, to, to ask. Uh, every one or two weeks, just an email, just to ask how we're feeling and um, to communicate that way. So definitely still um, in communication. But um, like you said, I haven't been selected for a while, so hopefully, you know, with regular game time, um, I can push for for um, to, to push back in to get back into the squad. So with that app, do you put in like scored eight goals again? <laughs> L- little things like that. No, <laughs> no, the app's just pretty much to, to see. Um, how you recovered, how was your training session, how long your training sessions were, how uh, how you feel mentally, um, just to, to have a day-to-day idea of how, how the players are, I guess. And um, you have to feel that on a regular basis. And then every one or two weeks, you get an email just to see if you've got any injuries um, from the physios. And um, if so, what the injury is and how, how you're going, how you're feeling. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Jason, since the World Cup, I don't know whether you've heard the story of Carlos almost causing your father to have a heart attack before that game <laughs> against Spain, but uh, that's for another time. But I suppose in the two years since then, how would, yeah. if you crystal balled and where you'd hope to be and, and you know the swings and roundabouts of a professional career, how would you describe the last two years in terms of where you thought you'd you'd be and where you're at now and I suppose what you hope for in two years leading up to a World Cup in Russia yeah for me um, going into the World Cup I was a 22 year old you know very excited coming off a good season in Holland and to, to be selected and to, to go and play in the World Cup play all three games was obviously um, a dream come true um, and then getting signed for a Premier League club was another dream and for me I thought you know it was going to Everything was going to go rosy from there, um, and that was just when all the hard work had to start. And unfortunately, you know, a few bumps here and there, um, and different things occurred, and a few injuries. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, some cho- coaches changed as well. Um, so I think in football, nothing is nothing's really um, going to go perfect. You're always going to have hiccups. Um, and for myself, you know, the last few years, it's been a, a bumpy ride. You know, having a lot of a lot of positive, but a lot of negatives as well. Um, you know, winning the Asian Cup was was something also a great, you know, positive for me. But then, 
not playing um, in the Premier League was something that you know really affected me mentally. Um, and I'm just happy to to have a good um, setup behind me where it's keep me mentally strong and uh, keep myself focused. Because as a footballer, when you're not playing, that's that's the worst thing to to have that that motor. You know, training you you do everything you can to play and to still not get selected. It's it's tough and you can get distracted quite easily, you know, mentally break down. And um, for me, it was just about always, always for me was about, you know, getting regular game time and uh, I had a three-year deal on the Prem, but um, I moved on because I wasn't playing and, you know, went to the championship, played uh, 30 games there and uh, found out that, you know, maybe I wasn't going to get as many game time, as much game time this year. So that's why I've moved again. So, and I'm back in Holland, um, and I'm happy again. I think you know in England it was it's been the tough two years just trying to to get game time and to, it was a different type of game to me and from from my style and it was hard to to find my feet over there and um, I think you know coming back to Holland just to, to find my feet and get regain that confidence is the most important thing and that's what I've been doing now and obviously got injured again but just trying to regain that confidence and you know I'm happy now happy again and. Um, you know, like I said, there's a World Cup and Confederations Cup, you know, around the corner. So that's the the, the focus now to to make sure that uh you know I give my myself the best shot possible to to go playing in both of those competitions. Well, Jason, uh, not only did you cause a uh, uh, you know a lot of um, reaction over there in Holland when you first went over from Huddersfield because you started playing really well for Groningen as soon as you almost got there, but you also uh, made the papers and made the media for being sent off and then having your red card overturned during the season. So can you tell us about that? Because you're probably one of the few players who pled your innocence and in the end the authorities backed you. Yeah, you know, for me, the most important thing at that time when that happened, uh, I was accused of uh, kneeing um, um, the opponent um, and I got a straight red. Um, and for the code, every every straight red, they give a code. Uh, the referee has to give a code and um, the code they gave it was, I think it was malicious um, <laughs> assault, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what exactly, um, but the minimum ban was a three-game ban. Um, and for me... Uh, I know that I'm not a dirty player, you know. Um, as a defender, I've t- I, I'm aggressive in tackles and when I have to be, but to do something like that, you know, behind play is not my style. And um, the club agreed, and I, I, um, the club was actually the ones that said, uh, listen, we're going to fight this because we know that um, you didn't do anything wrong. And uh, we went to, to the court, and for me, it was just a natural... Uh, he went to stand on my toes, and it was a natural reaction to lift my toe, my, my knee to move away from from the guy standing on my toes and I said that to the referee and uh, he gave me that straight red and we went to, to the court and uh, I explained the situation and showed him the video when he tried to stand on my toe that I tried to, to move my knee and it was a reaction and I was not the aggressor. I was the, the, the player that was actually walking backwards trying to leave the confrontation. And um, you know. Well, I think we might have uh, just lost Jason there. I think... Uh... Somebody's talking. pulled the plug. It sounded like literally. Yeah. So we'll try and we'll yeah try and get him we'll back get because him back. Uh, there's one or two other more questions to love to ask him. But yeah. uh, but it's uh, it's really interesting uh, listening to the uh, the background of uh, of how you know he's had to sort of almost uh, resurrect his career from a couple of years of uh, of hard uh, experiences in in the English football. No, definitely. Um, I was just about to say because we actually got a phone call from the. Uh, 
the uh, match review panel over there <laughs> in, in Holland and, uh, and gave him a bit of a... Uh, a reference. Uh, yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. of a character reference. Yeah. So he didn't know that, of course. I was just about to tell if him If you that. get a chance to, to Google this and, and see what he got read, a straight read for, yeah. and you're watching what's happening here in Australia at the moment, <laughs> right. and it's the biggest joke of all time. Uh, the red card he got for... Yeah, just Google Jason Davison red card. Uh, this this year, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It was just ridiculous uh, the whole thing in the first place. Well, so. What you know, what you know with with Jason Davidson and you, and the way he plays, yeah. he's a gut runner. Yeah. You know, he, mm. he's going to work his backside off to get back into that Socceroos squad. You, you, mm. you can just say, even just listening to him. Yeah. You know, he's hurting at the moment. Um, he's getting injured, obviously, but uh, but he's hurting a bit. So you know, Ange Postecoglou rates him too. So yeah. we've got Jason back. Jason, you were just talking about. Uh, the fact that we got a call from the uh, um, the, ma- the match review panel over there in Holland, and uh, we gave you a character. <laughs> That's why you got off. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I just cut out there. Well, yeah, welcome no, back. Right. Welcome back, Jace. One thing that also has changed. We've spent all this time talking about your football. It is a football show, so that's why. Uh, but you become a father, <laughs> yeah. and you've got a beautiful little daughter at the moment. How's that? Uh, has that softened you? Not that you were you're too tough before, but. Uh, you know, uh, not that you were a hard man before, but uh, what, what's having a daughter uh, done for you uh, as, a, as a young guy plying your trade overseas as a professional footballer? Um, you know, for me, I left home at a very young age. I left home um, at 14, and my whole life has just been a ro- revolved around football and everything has been focused, you know, on and off the pitch about football. Um, and then, obviously, getting married and having a family and uh, having a young daughter... You know, it just kind of puts life into perspective, and um, um, you know, you, you you take things for granted when you're you know when you're single and you're enjoying your football life, and you travel the world, and and now for me, you know, coming home to usually I used to go home and just sit on the couch, watch TV, and relax, and now going home to having a little toddler there running around and wanting to play, and for me, it's uh, you just find that extra energy to to go and play and to to see her smile and it's just it's a great feeling and um it just also with my football now you know it's uh it gives me an extra reason to to push myself to to make sure that i work hard and because i have a family to provide for um and yeah it's it's a great feeling and something you know that it's been the one of the best things in my life um but it just puts a bit more pressure as well to to make sure that i i perform and to to give my my family everything you know everything they want in life and to, to make sure they're happy and healthy and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been the best thing for me, I guess. And Jace, uh, we, uh, we've done a radio show now for 23 years and we actually have uh, interviewed many hundreds of footballers over that time. I don't think I've ever come across a footballer who still uh, at 25, 26 speaks to his dad every day. Uh, is that still is that is that what you and Alan are still doing to this day? I know that you have a special relationship. Do you still speak to each other every day? Um, yeah, we still we're in contact pretty much every day. Um, you know, having having a young family now, it gets a bit more. Um, you know, you speak more. It doesn't really necessarily talk. We don't necessarily talk about football every day now. It's you know, come into it because. He wants to, to want, he wants to see Ava and he wants to see how she is and um, you know a lot of of the FaceTime calls now is all about you know Ava now taking uh, <laughs> over football a little bit but uh, um, we definitely still speak you know before games after games how training is going how the games are going um, when I was playing you know little things um, 
tactical things that he would just uh, pick up on, or if I if I had a good game, he'd tell me little things that I just needed to work on to make sure that you know it doesn't happen in the next game, or if I get caught out in a position to to make sure to um, make sure it doesn't happen again. So you know, having someone like that behind you, um, always helping you, and um, I try to take advantage of that. That's why we have a good relationship. That we, and that's why we speak nearly every day um, because you know that someone that he's made it in football and had a great career and for to have him there you know having such a good eye and to, to pick up on little things that maybe other people wouldn't pick up on and to, to have that advantage you'd be crazy not to, to take advantage of that. Definitely, and mate, um, having grandchildren, you're always relegated mm. to second or third <laughs> uh, favourite. So you know yeah. you're just going to have to suck it up and uh, and may- maybe get on the email with your dad about tactics. But uh, hey, Jason, mate, we, we uh, you know we we think you're 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 you know the fifth Diego. We, we love having you on. Um, we mate, yeah. really hope that you you know you get back onto the pitch and um, start playing regularly because. We know, and, and we think you know, that uh, you'll be back in the Socceroos squad before before you know it. So, thanks for your time. We, you know, you've been very generous with your time, but uh, thanks for your time tonight, and uh, we'll keep watching. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Not at all. There's Jason Davidson, uh, Socceroos star and FC Groningen star. Good to talk to. Hey, let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of sport. Mama wanted me to be a preacher. I told her the preaching and coaching were a lot alike. I don't think she believed me. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diegos. Thanks for your company tonight. It's, uh, what is it, 13 to midnight? Gee, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, Pete from Cheltenham has uh, clarified uh, the derby that he <laughs> likes, Carlos, there. And, uh, boys, South Melbourne uh, versus uh, Fitzroy United Alexander, the best derby ever. Bragging rights, emotional investment. Yep. And stuck it up each other until their next meeting. There you go. That's exactly what I was uh, talking about. Not saying it's any better than what this weekend's going to dish up. Just what it means to people. So That's maybe, right. maybe for you and Pete, who have an opinion on who, and what you many think, other people uh, on the maybe, SMS, maybe you might want to judge apples with apples. So when they've been playing <laughs> against each other for twenty-five years, Victory and City, I'll be you back. might want to judge uh, okay. it. Okay, in twenty-five. So years, judge apples with apples, you guys. Pedro I mean, on the panel, can you just make a note? Twenty-five years time <laughs> on the Diego's, we will ask that hot topic. Yeah, I uh, mean, t- what, what year would that be? Celebrating our forty-eighth year. Fifty, <laughs> what fifty-one, two thousand and fifty-one. Yes. Yeah. Celebrating our forty-eighth year. Yeah, we'll be doing an uh, OB yeah. at the nursing home. Yes, yeah, so let's go there. <laughs> and, Mike, and Mike McGrath might be about what uh, fifty-two in forty-eight years' time. Hey, Mike, uh, let's go to let's go to the UK and catch catch up with Mike from the Sun. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. He's sounding very sprightly there, Rodrigo, uh, Vinny Venezuela, Warren Diego, and Carlos Albert. And now, Mike, I just want to ask you a uh, one from left field. If you were drinking. F- you know, uh, if, you were, if you were drinking from a diet, ju- coke. A diet coke from a jug, yep. um, would, you know, if there would was... you know if there was any brandy in it? Um, would you be able to taste that? You can relate it back to the Bucks party you had in Melbourne yeah, a true. couple of weeks ago too, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I know where you're going with it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a great excuse, isn't it, that I didn't know I was drinking it. But normally, I think most of us, um, most of us know what it tastes like, so... Yeah. 
um, yeah, that one, that, that excuse wore a bit thin, I think. We're, of course, talking about Yaya Toure from Manchester City, who was dr- fined uh, and lost his licence for 18 months for uh, drink driving and doesn't drink. It's, yeah. uh, apparently, he doesn't drink. Didn't realise that there was yeah. brandy in his jug of Diet Coke. But anyway, uh, Warren wants to ask you the first football-related question. Oh, Mike, I know Liverpool are choking, so I won't ask you that question. But uh, Arsenal? <laughs> I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering if we read anything into last night's game where, look, physically, I mean, I thought they were past this sort of being out-muscled physically, but they go to a an old-fashioned ground, an old-fashioned team. Ronald Koeman didn't set Everton up for doing anything except for physically challenging. They challenged them. They challenged them on the ground. They challenged them, challenged them in the tunnel down at half-time. Is this still Arsenal's vulnerability, and did we just see a bit of a snapshot as to where their Achilles heel is for the season? Yeah, I think I think possibly. I mean, we used to see it in in November, and they kind of got through that nervous November. Um, but that shows, um, yeah, that shows that they're very much beatable. And I think um, other teams will lose at Goodison as well. They're a decent team there, and they kind of get up for it against us. I remember watching them. There was a two all there recently. Lukaku used to do well when Martinez set up teams against Arsenal. Um, so yeah, I think um, it just shows that Arsenal are, uh, are definitely not—they're n- n- they're not going at absolute full tilt at the moment, despite um, you know the win columns being quite healthy. Even Stoke took the lead against them at the weekend, um, and a, a bit of, ha- a bit of um, hope, I suppose, for the likes of Liverpool, which I'm sure you'll you'll ask about. No, no, too. I'm not asking about Liverpool, Mike, <laughs> at all at the moment. <laughs> Mike, I jinx it. Mike Vinny here. Does anyone actually like Arsene Wenger? <laughs> well, certainly, certainly not um, Ronald Koeman. I think he kind of um, broke the um, the managers' union, didn't he, by breaking ranks and, and saying that he's always uh, he always moans. And I suppose uh, I suppose he's got a point, really. I mean, it's really splitting hairs that corner decision that that Everton got for them and Arsenal got against them. I thought that was a real tight one for the for the referee to get and sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. You've got to defend corners better than that is is the is the bottom line in my opinion. Mike, it's Carlos. Um, it was party time at King Power Stadium on the weekend. James Vardy got himself a hat trick. Four uh, two victors over Manchester City. It was like you know uh, they you were know, back, going, Carlos. going they back, were back to the last <laughs> year's the halcyon days of last season, and then they go and lose against Bournemouth. Uh, uh, overnight, so you know, are they have they completely lost it and they're not going to be gathering anything of what they had last season? Champions League, of course, aside. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was there at the weekend, and it was what well, I, th- I thought. Pep just didn't prepare for them. I thought it was it was Pep Guardiola saying, "I'm going to play my way." And um, within a few minutes, he realised that that, le- that that he was facing how Leicester play, didn't know how to defend it, whereas people like Bournemouth do know how to defend it and and they did much better. So I think it was um, a sign of how poorly City are going as, as much as how badly Leicester are going. And you're right, they are getting found out this season um, and people are really knowing how to face them and, and Bournemouth was another example of that. Mike, Chelsea, nine on the bounce. You know, they've got players that have been there 
Luiz and Hazard and uh, there's others. Moses, who was shopped around more often than I was to other radio shows at one stage. And false favourites, false favourites, false leaders or genuine title contenders that could possibly, with Arsenal losing and Liverpool sort of struggling and Man City struggling, are they capable of putting a bit of a gap between themselves and the rest of the competition over this Christmas New New Year period? I think we've uh, lost Mike. Yeah, as that well. was a very good question. I think he's gone away to think about it. <laughs> I think it. he's just fell asleep. I think we're uh, <laughs> so long struggling with our uh, telecommunications mm. tonight. Uh, just mm. seem to. Have... Have we paid the bill, Rodrigo. Well, I don't know. I um, might ask the control room, but but anyway. Um, so so, what do you, do you think the answer to that no, question Mike, is, Carlos? Mike's back. I think. Yep. Mike, you there? No, Mike, you there? Just one more time. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm here now. So I was just going through a tunnel. That's did, you, did you hear my question, Mike? Because it'll take me five minutes to say it again. Can you paraphrase the question, Warren? Mike. How good are Chelsea? Mike? How good are Chelsea? Can they, are they going to win it? Are they going to win? Gee whiz, that's paraphrasing a very detailed question. Well, I, yeah, if, if they go six points clear today, it'll be a big a big day in the title race. Yeah, to go six points clear before uh, Christmas. And they have a very settled team. Um, Hazard's going to miss out tonight, but I think that they've got enough to cover at, uh, at Sunderland. Um, it just seems every Conte's got them playing well, and play, you know that formation gets the best out of all those players. So I think definitely consistency-wise, they're the ones at the moment who are quite rightly favourite. By the way, the other thing Conte's got going for him that I think there's going to be a rush of players wanting to go to Chelsea. It's the rehydration rule, the the beer after the game. <laughs> yeah, people would be yeah. loving that. Uh, but just, just one, though. He says it's only one beer that they're allowed, which uh, might, you know, that, that must be very frustrating as well. They, you, you win a game and you're allowed one bottle of beer. Um, no, no, it's a Stein. Uh, That's it, a difference. It's, it's a yard glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but he seems to be doing the trick. He's, it's interesting, isn't it, with all, all his, you know, the hydration and his training, they're, they're not picking up any injuries at all. That's another big difference between them and, you know, Liverpool have lost to senior. Um, and injuries again picked up by other teams. He seems to be keeping them all all healthy. Well, there you go. Maybe Mike, you know, young men with high disposable income and plenty of time. One beer leads to two, yeah. <laughs> generally, or a jug that yes. you don't know is beer because right. it doesn't taste like it. Hey, Mike, uh, thanks for your time. We're uh, fast approaching uh, the end of the show, but uh, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. There's Mike McGrath. Driving through tunnels and uh, yeah. time is it over there know, around uh, in the UK? So it's around about uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I think. Okay, very all good. right. On that mm. note, let's take a break and come back with the wrap up of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of football. Thanks to our sponsors tonight: Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Hey, uh, how many for Saturday night's derby for be to be a success? Mark in uh, North Bourne wants to know. Amy Park. How many? Is Amy Park? Yep, yeah, it's it, it is Amy. Uh, it, it's got to be. Yeah, look, uh, these I'll days, get twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-seven is a is a sellout, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think that technically really. I mean, they say twenty-nine. But yeah, well, I mean, it's supposed to be thirty-one or thirty-two capacity, yeah, yeah, yeah. but twenty-seven they say it's a, it's a lockout. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Look, somewhere around that mark. Yeah, twenty-five. Yeah. You'd yeah. Pretty that, full. You'd hope that it'd yeah. be sold out. Anyway, so full yeah. that Melbourne but, City but, won't recognise their own stadium. <laughs> 
Can't wait for the derby. Don't forget, SEN will be broadcasting that game live here um, with the call team. So that's it for this week's show. Thanks for your listenership. We really appreciate it. Thanks for your text messages. So remember, Karolosh. We have a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We're, we're there. there. Reggie, Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We're, we're, we're there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet. We'll be we're there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We're, we're there. there. We are the Four Diego. Hey. Hey.